Hey everybody, this is Eric Frankhouse from EFP. Two weeks are up, new episode, this is 38. We're talking ship combat with the new release Kickstarter of Grimmer Space. I, I had the privilege of working on this, doing a bunch of cartography for the first adventure, and depending on stretch goals, maybe more later. But let's just talk about ship combat briefly here for a minute. How in the hell do you make it not suck? I mean, 1v1 mass ship combat, all of these things can be overwhelming for a new GM or a veteran. And on the player's side, how do you get involved in your different stations if you're running a Star Trek-like game? So today's episode, we're going to dive into this and really break down how I handle ship combat, along with some information and I've, I've gleaned over the years from other people who run these games. So without further ado, let's break it down. combat the grand scale can be a pain what i've done here is i want to break it down into some bite-sized chunks for you like i always do i want to start with the idea of cinematic or war game life and death in space then we're going to dig into talking to your players reading the rules damage matters terrain dogfighting and finally the hard 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 difficult to run mass combat that's our breakdown for the show today i hope you enjoy this i've uh, i've struggled with running ship combat for a long time so let's dive into that first topic shall we the first big decision you have to make as a gm with your players is are you going to run this game as cinematic combat for your ship stuff or war game style now what i mean by that is are you going to do a lot of theater of the mind with maybe a little bit of miniatures on the map just for placement? Or are you going to go all in, old school, like like Star Trek battle games or the new Star, uh, Star Wars Armada? And even the old, uh, oh gosh, Battlefleet Gothic, where there's numerous ships on the board where you're handling multiple things at once and flying around. Which one are you going to run? And it's a pretty easy decision to make. And it really comes down to talking to your players. What you need to do is ask them, like, hey guys, we're going to be doing ship combat in this. We're playing a sci-fi game. How do we want this to be? Do we want it to be cinematic where the fighting is really give and take and, and described? Or do you want it to be really war gamer like uh, with Starfinder? Starfinder was originally designed for 1v1, 1v2, old school TV series Star Trek combat. Not like the new Star Trek, where it's fleets fighting each other and armadas shooting each other down. That wasn't the concept for Star Starfinder. And that's from Jason Bowman himself. Now, this can be done, um, but I like the cinematic style for it. And the way I handle this is I usually go and watch a bunch of Star Wars stuff. And that's if I want mass combat, how to make it cinematic. Because if you watch, the camera only focuses on a few parts of the combat at a time. And then it'll pan back out and show the entire battle and zoom back in on an important you know, pilot or action being taken in a ship or out of the ship. When you get into doing the wargaming style, it comes down to points on the field, victory points usually, and really that nitty-gritty, crunchy, you know, tracking torpedoes and things like that. 
And I will say, if your whole group isn't on board for that ship combat, you may want to think about skipping it and just doing cinematic or glazing over ship combat in a very easy way. You can also do something a little different. And I've done this with one group. I had three people in a five-person group that love the miniature combat. And I like it too. I, I played wargaming forever. So that week I said, hey, I just need these three to show up. They're going to do the ship combat. All the people who don't want to do that kind of ship combat, you got an off week. And then the next week I'll have you guys come on board and I will do all of the internal stuff that you guys will be doing on the ship as this combat is going on and kind of replay it. It allowed me to give them that role-playing element they wanted for inside the ship for people who were boarding and so on. Really nice way to handle it. Both parties got what they wanted. And at the end, I got to run two sessions with one. It was pretty awesome. So think about watching other shows and movies and things that have 1v1 or multiple ship combat. I recommend things for the 1v1 old Star Trek. Dogfighting movies for, you know, space combat or for just airplanes. You know, the old Red Baron and whatnot. Um, Master and Commander, great for naval style, will still translate into your, you know, spaceship combat. And uh, make sure you have references written down for yourself as you're doing this. How to talk, how to speak, what to say. But let's jump into life and death. I think that's maybe even more important than deciding cinematic or wargaming. Life and death in ship combat in space. Space is the deep, dark death. So making combat is important, and making it important is even more prevalent. If you think about it, everyone usually has environmental suits in games like Starfinder, so if they get ejected into space, they can survive for X amount of time. While Star Trek, old school, they did not. New school, you know, sometimes they're ready. They got ported in. The ships may have barriers, which are part of life support, that come up to stop after... You know, that immediate round where a ship, you know, sends everybody into space from a torpedo breaching the hull. But there are games where it's not like that. Eclipse phase, you don't want to be in ship combat because that's the death of you. A hole in your hull means people are getting sucked through a golf ball sized hole and just destroyed, killed, frozen in space. So talk to your players at the beginning of the game how space is handled all right, everybody, the start of this game, we're playing Starfinder. Everybody has suits unless otherwise noted because of a certain situation where if you go in space, you can survive for X amount of time. And have that noted, how long they can survive in space. Have a little cheat card. Because even if you get you know, pumped out into space and your ship blows up, you're stranded unless someone comes and finds you. And you will still die. You can make that a whole episode by itself. I remember Firefly having that problem with um, losing, I think it was life support on their ship and everyone kind of having a hard time surviving. I, I think that's a great example of near death in space inside of these flying coffins or flying homes, depending on what situation your ship is in. There's also setting it up from the start. Like I said, if it is something that is deadly, tell the players up front, you want to avoid ship combat, talk your way out, uh, avoid getting in that situation. Because so they know survival in ship combat is very hard. Keep these two things in mind. Life and death is a hard part of that deep, dark death space. Quickly want to say thanks to Anchor for allowing us to have sponsors on the show. And this next little blurb you're going to hear is going to be a sponsor from them. They pay us to have it on here. Take a listen. Right now, the only two are one for Anchor and then the other one, which is for a great way to read your news. Hope you enjoy. 
so talking to the players is important. You need to find out if they like ship combat, like I mentioned before. If they like travel and maintenance and the, the board game-like uh, number crunching of that. Some people love it. If not, maybe you hand-wave these things uh, if they don't like it. And, and they, if they do, uh, you can hand-wave it as that red line you see in Indiana Jones. Those are the extreme cases. There are some ways in between. Maybe one person on your ship loves doing that. I have one in my group. Used to have two. So, for example, repair, refuel, restock. Maybe it just happens when you dock. Or, everyone's docking. You let the person who loves handling the ship stuff, usually the captain of the ship, uh, but maybe engineering, whatever. And you go, hey, here you go. Uh, we're docking. You can handle this. And I've thought about it as in when you take damage, 25, 50, or 75%, it is equal to X amount of days it takes that dock to get repaired. This repair could be based on the level of the dock, if it's Starfinder or, you know, if you have the money or so on and so forth. But I just include repairs as part of the jobs they do for people. So you're not trying to budget it the whole time. It's, it's really difficult and annoying. Part of the job, like I said, it covers repairs. Next dock you go to, they forward and repair up to 50% of the damage on your ship, restock, refuel for X amount of time. If they like maintenance, then make a group sheet. Uh, make it a shared one online. You can do it through Google Docs or Google Drive. Um, or maybe one at the table if you're playing in person where you can just pass it around. Everyone enjoys doing that. I think after playing Mutineer Zero and, and tracking the arc, some of my players really enjoyed the idea of tracking things on their ship. We played Starfinder for a while um, to test Grimmer Space, and it works great for that as well. Think about making combat the way your players enjoy. If they like, like I mentioned before, wargaming or cinematic, but also talk to them about what they like out of combat. Do they like playing roles? Do they like boarding? What part do they like of space combat, ship combat? And make sure that's what your players are primarily doing to keep them happy. If you have a divide, because it's never all or one, switch it up between episodes. Just never let one part of ship combat drag too long. And then, of course... Have things going on in and off your ship. If you have ship combat going on and they're shooting at another ship, have people inside not only just doing repairs, but calming back to the you know their station, who they work for, or maybe trying to talk down people on the other ship to get them to surrender. These are ideas of things you can do in and off the ship. Um, talk about things that are going on at stars nearby and so on. Just make sure, no matter what you do, you have that conversation with your players. If you don't, you're doing yourself a disservice, and it's going to bite you in the ass as you start playing the game. Oh, I know this is going to sound basic and like something you should do, but for fuck's sake, read the rules. Make sure you know the rules for space combat, for when you get dumped into, you know, the deep dark space. Sounds basic, but so many forget to do it on both sides. The players expect the GM to do it, and the GM expects the players to do it, and really they both should be doing it. This is one of those times where the GM does need to know their shit. You can't fluff it through it well, especially if your players have done their due diligence. So here's some things I do to make it easy for me. Read the rules, make your own cheat sheet. Yeah, I know you could go download somewhere and get one. You could do that as you're reading, but write your own out. If you know your combat is going to have X things, make your own cheat sheet to have those rules right in front of you. Just use note cards or something you can pin to your screen. 
identify mass combat rules versus 1v1 if they exist for your system. Some systems have them, some don't. And if you're going to do mass combat, remember one hit on ships, nice way to bypass that. Goals to rules. Whatever the goals of your crew, your players, is, and your enemies are, make sure that you have those goals set up. And if there's any rules that can help support them, like a structure, make sure you have those written down and have them in your head. For example, if the goal is to hit a ship um, in its thrusters to make sure that it can't fly anywhere so they can board it, know those rules. You know, If you're doing that to the players, vice versa. And then highlight rule procession. If this is a new system to you and you're trying to learn the rules as a group, pick a rule that you're enjoying and highlight it. If it's dogfighting, if it's critical hits, if it's uh, environmental or transferring power to systems, make it a key thing. But the big stuff, try not to make it drag out. So damage matters. I have played a lot of games from Mech Warrior and their ship combat, which was really bad, to the new Star Trek, to the old Star Trek, to... Um, Battlefleet Gothic, and in the new Starfinder. Damage should matter. This is a space game. You're blowing up their home. You're blowing up the thing that they put a lot of money into or build units for Starfinder. Make sure the damage matters. Don't just have people show up out of nowhere, attack them in space. There's no reason for that. None. Like, what What good does it actually do you to, uh, to damage your ship? So, here's the things I say about damage matters, all right? Describe the damage on both sides, what is happening to a ship, what is happening to theirs, and lead that to key ways to end combat quickly, swiftly, blowing up their engines and getting the hell out of Dodge. Everybody wants to board and steal all their ship, but do you have the ability to tow a ship? Keep in mind and tell your players right away, you need a crew to fly a ship. If you don't have enough members on your ship, you can't do that. Sure, you could ransack it. And remember, other people may jump to the location, so those are the dangers involved with boarding a ship that was just in combat with you. Crits should be an event. Every system has rules for crits. But when, for example, a crit hits your ship and your shields go down, the players need to make that thought of, can I repair this quickly enough, or do we need to get the hell out of dodge? On the opposite end, if they shoot a a uh, enemy ship and blow up the main weapon on the port side, tell the players that. It's on the port side, their weapons are down, and so they can try to pilot and stay on that side. Make those events matter, because when they... When you focus on those events and the players hear it, there's a good chance they're going to dig in and really lean into it and try to use it to their advantage. And then, like we talked earlier, space kills eventually, even with suits. Environmental, doesn't matter. You only have so many hours. So when you get that chance to blow somebody up, make the players think that they really want to do it. And for themselves, buy escape pods. So many players overlooked this. So damage matters. And make it matter. And I recommend a lot of times on the enemy ships scaling down the hull points, the shields, and things like that to make it go fast. The only time you should have them on equal standards is if it's a real threat. Because one bad critical hit and your people could be getting dumped into space. Let's talk about terrain. So a lot of people forget terrain exists in space. And while there's the big, empty vastness of a lot of this dark abyss, think about it. Combat usually doesn't happen in the middle of nowhere. It happens around important places. Wreckage, planets, asteroid belts, mining facilities, rings around moons, places that other people would be. With it being so vast, it's, uh, it's impossible to know where people are without the right technology and so on. I'll give it an example that makes sense. 
Is it easier to find somebody at a large congregation point, like a mall, a movie theater, and you tell them I'll meet you at the entrance? Or is it easier to find them driving on their routes to get to that place? I mean, unless you have a tracker in their car, kind of hard to do. So try to avoid, you know, jumping them in the middle of the space in the middle of nowhere. That should only happen if it's someone with really important tech that has a way to track them, or if someone's boarded and they can't find the spy on there, and it's, it's a plot hook. But in general, combat should be happening near areas that they go to. Ships protecting satellites or, you know, stations and so on. So I have a couple other tips for terrain. If it's a dogfight... Um, keep things close together, and maybe move the terrain around the dogfight. Um, or, I should say, actually, for chase scenes, move the terrain instead of moving the models. In a chase, you're really looking for the distance between you and the enemy, the enemy and you. Move the terrain by them, like the old video games. That stuff flies by you. Instead of moving the you know the, the ships through, because you're going to run out of real estate. In dogfighting... Make that stuff matter. Uh, terrain should be things that you can fly around, fly through, avoid if you're a nimble pilot or use as cover, and so on. We see it in Star Wars movies all the time. Terrain should have rules for positive and negative. For example, if there's a satellite installation with a gun that fires off of one side, um, make sure the players know the arc. You know, draw it on the map. Um, if you are using asteroids that... Uh, when explosions happen, they move. Move them in directions and make it a damage in a pilot check needed to get through. And then let's talk about boarding. Sometimes terrain can cover a ship if it's large enough so they can get in close and board other ships. Those kind of environmental things where, let's say they have uh, boarding launchers, like think escape pods or small shuttles that shoot out from a planet or from a satellite and hit a ship, latch on, and they start lasering into your hold. But, you know, space doesn't dump in because it would kill the people boarding. Think about terrain. Make it matter. Make it fun. I know that uh, space is a 3D field, 360, but an asteroid field, when you're in combat, should cover that area. You shouldn't be able to fly around it easily. And plus, if you're shooting at those ranges and you're in a dogfighting area, terrain does matter. If you're shooting across the map, you know, thousands of kilometers or miles those terrain pieces need to be like planets and large masses that you can use to block because you're going to assume they're going to use their computer resources to use that stuff to block line of sight just you know keep that in mind as you're playing is Bradley Tran from Channel 32. That's right, the Sunder Mages have shown up in Grimmer Space. All right, everybody, the Kickstarter is out. Grimmer Space started the 22nd of May, goes through the 22nd of June. A free adventure is already out, and they just did an audio-enhanced version, free to download through the length of the Kickstarter. They are funded and looking for more people, and I had the honor of working on the Kickstarter itself, with the cartography for the first adventure. Hopefully I get to do more, so help us hit those stretch goals, everyone. If you're looking for a dark, gritty, technology-first, Starfinder-compatible setting, this is for you. That's right, everyone. Grimmer Space is out and has been two years in the making, with Sean Astin helping us put this beautiful monstrosity together. Come join us. Find that Kickstarter. 
and share it with your friends. These levels that they have put out are price points I have not seen in Kickstarter in a long time. I'm, I'm super proud to be a part of this. So check it out. If you have any questions, call into the show, everyone. Grimmer Space, the darker way to play Starfinder. So dogfighting happens in every sci-fi game I've ever ran. And I think it comes from those moments we have seen from shuttles in Star Trek to, you know, Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. Dogfighting is at close, on top of each other, blazing lasers and guns. And how do you bring that to the table? Well, <laughs> my tips are going to seem obvious, but first off, look up famous dogfights from sci-fi or real world. Look how they fly and what they do. Then find the terminology for dogfighting, what those words are. Make yourself a cheat sheet and have that next to you for dogfights. You gotta remember, dogfighting is 1v1, so you can run the dogfight while running other things on a ship, while people are on a planet, and kind of divide it up. If you know your rules well enough, it's easy to run both. Especially in the new Fantasy Flight games, uh, they do a great job of making ship combat quick and easy. If you're running Starfinder, you can do the same thing. 1v1 dogfighting is not hard. It's pilot checks and shooting and who's in position. I divide my map up. Uh, so, for example, if I have people on the ground, I'll draw, you know, like, let's say a group is raiding a satellite to get back someone who's been put in prison. And meanwhile, you have a guy outside dogfighting against another ship and two turrets shooting into the combat. I divide that area in half and I make the outside static and move the terrain around the dogfight so they're flying and shooting and then i have everything else going on on the inside and they can calm back and forth and i start the beginning of the round with a description of everything then i go to whoever's turn it is usually i do the dogfighting first because that makes more sense and then i do everybody on the inside and have their initiative orders go as well make it have meaning dogfights should be important so if you blow somebody up and that person gets spaced, maybe it was a main villain you don't have to deal with anymore. Or like I said, maybe they're going to shoot them, uh, shoot their main ship that's parked at the satellite or parked at the station. Make dogfights important. And then uh, remember that it should be emotional. It's something that the players should feel. So conversations going on between them and their party and them and the enemy could be a great way to bring emotion to it. I also recommend using some music. The scores from the sci-fi movies we watch, find those moments that have really high-end and, and really fast-paced music and use that for your dogfighting combats. So all of this has led up to the big boy. Mass combat. Everyone loves the big battles in Star Wars or in the new Star Treks or their favorite sci-fis. Battlestar Galactica had some of the best large combat fleet things. And it's awesome. But unfortunately, systems like Starfinder aren't really set up for it. And you have to be cinematic about it to cover that mass combat approach. So I'm going to give you an example of it. Um, as your PC ship fly in into this new region of space, they drop out of jump or out of whatever drive they have. And they're nearing a pirate station. Out from behind asteroids, a dozen ships come out and then they send out their fighters. And you set that up. And you start with your players making a scan to figure out which ships are important, most armored, and whatnot. And you kind of pin them. And you say what each one is. As that happens, you go in your first round of combat if they're noticed. And then you take the cinematic approach. You explain that the fighters are 
spraying out and swarming around to pinch around their ship. While the other ships line up to take shots. As they pull up into a firing line. As your ships get ready to move. What do you want to do, players? And they make their decisions. You know, They decide they're going to dodge and pull through some terrain that there's there to give them cover. And they're going to start using their turrets and auto defenses to blow up the fighters getting sent after them. Meanwhile, on the ship, the science officers scanning. Science officers are scanning for that comm code that they had gotten before to find the right ship because they believe that's where the leader is at. As they pull up that information, the engineer is boosting shields and making sure they're ready for combat, quick and fast. Round ends as all the fire comes out and the train gets blown up around them, and their cover is now gone. But the ship isn't scratched. The fighters are now closing in this turn. Then we go to the next round. I pan out and I explain the scene again. Debris is floating through as your cover is just destroyed. It's decimated by the barrage of heavy assault cannons and lasers narrowing down and splashing all over the place around you. The endless abyss is now a light in purple plasma and red lasers. As your ship starts firing, taking down fighter one after another after another, you realize that swarm is endless. And they're going to get to you unless you take out the carriers, the two of them, on opposite sides of the gun line that are firing these fighters off at you. Inside the ship, the engineer and the gunner target the first carrier, line up shots, and they're aiming for the hangars to blow those up and take down the shields. As they start, pilot starts taking them around through the next thing of terrain to get them on the end of the gun line, forcing them to move out of their current firing line. They take their first shots, hit the carrier, and so on. And I keep repeating this, and then I pan out and explain in cinematic combat. I let them do things like shoot the carrier and shoot where they're sending out ships from. Because in large combat, it's about quick decisions, your actions, and being successful. You never want them to be outnumbered. And a carrier is a big ship. If they're not ready for that kind of combat, you shouldn't be putting them into it. Or you should sure as shit give them a warning. So, start of, of a round for mass combat and then zoom in like I was doing in the beginning is a great way to give them the big picture and zoom into the thing that's important. You gotta remember, miles and miles apart or oh, thousands of kilometers is a long way. And shots can miss in space, depending on the game that you're playing. Let them mark ships that are dangerous and fire on those first if they can. That's important. And also, you want to have win conditions and losing conditions. So, for example, if they take out both the carriers and the fighter support's gone, the smaller ragtag frigates that are there, that have like one cannon each that were in the firing line, may decide to bail, leaving you with the other major ship that they're after. Make victory conditions in, you know, out in front. Um, and if a player decides to make a check about tactics, what do I think I need to break their morale? Because you got to remember, like we've said, Space is deep and dark, and you die in it. People will flee before, you know, eating it. So, I really want you to, to look at that and think about uh, how you run your mass combat. The other thing I can say is if your game has rules for it, and all your players in, have fun with it. Make it your session for the day. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a crazy idea for mass combat. And I've done this before. I made a large Roll20 sheet. Uh, and on that sheet was the mass combat that was going on in the galaxy. And our players played people who were part of the Armada behind the lines. And at the beginning of each session, they would make the 
decisions of where they're going to send their ships out to do combat. They controlled the fleet versus being in the fleet. And then they would go about and each session was them attacking a major ship, boarding it and handling that combat zone. That's a great way if you want a big theater of war to have a huge map and say, where do you want to send your ships and what do you want to do? I think you could adopt the Matt Colville uh, idea of units and warfare to ship combat. It wouldn't be very hard. And if you know of a really good mass combat system out there for ships that is cinematic, let me know. Call into the show. Anchor is free. I'd love to have a conversation about that because, dude, it is time consuming. But the biggest thing I have found is making it move fast. It should be frantic and quick. The players should be able to take hits, but the NPC should be blowing up. That is it for episode 38 about ship combat. I hope some of these give you some ideas. Instead of digging into rules, I really wanted to dig into broad uh, topics so that you could take them and run with them in your game. If you have ideas or more questions about ship combat, if you want a little more nitty gritty, call into EFP and I'll put you on the air and we can have a conversation. You can now find EFP on every, I think every podcatcher that's out there from Spotify on down. Remember to share it to your friends. The more people who are listening, the higher in the rankings we get, the more and cool people I can have on the show. Pretty soon I'm going to be having a, a pretty special episode coming out with another deep dive, which are some of my favorite things to do. I'll never make this a full interview show, but I definitely like to litter it in once a month or so. So, on a side note, if you were at uh, MegaCon and I missed you, I apologize. I ended up getting a little sick. I had an allergic reaction to something at the place we were staying. But I'm fine now. Just a little bloodshot eyes, but I'll make it through. And if you're looking forward to a Patreon release this month, I got some new stuff coming out for Magic and Monsters. And hopefully, everything said, if my voice can stay together, I can record for the first plotted adventure for Magic and Monsters Marks of Men. I think you're going to enjoy it. But that's it from me. Remember, Grimmer Space Kickstarter is live. Uh, just look it up on Kickstarter. It's already funded. Sean Aston, that Sean Aston, the one from Goonies and Hobbits and Rudy, is helping put all this together with Roan Barton and Lou Agresta, two of my favorite people in this industry and who really brought me in and gave me the chance to do the stuff that I do. So help back it, and I think you're going to find the different backer levels pretty fucking awesome. Hopefully I can have Lou on the show soon, but that's it for me, everybody. Have a great night, a great day, and watch, listen, learn. Be better at gaming, y'all. Talk to you soon.